Podcast for the Wolverine. My name is the Tom Chick, and I am here this week with the Christian Molkronsky. Uh, the last name is pronounced Howlett. And with a tagline for the Wolverine, the Kelly Wand. Uh, and do, Mandy, I'm. <laughs> uh, Tom liked that. I can barely hear you, Tom. I hear him fine. If he's as long as the listeners can hear me. Yeah. <laughs> we're listeners. Except that we're not listening to you. Uh, did you guys see the trailer for Paranoia? No. <laughs> First of all, it's a it's a horrible name for the movie because you it shows the trailer is uh it's this corporate espionage thing with the non Thor Hemingsworth kid uh, playing a uh, a young hotshot hired by uh, Gary Oldman to spy on Harrison Ford's company. <sighs> and they end up playing each other off. They end up playing the kid off against each other. And it looks like he's just a pawn in this in this corporate espionage, high-stakes game. Um, but it turns out, in the trailer you find out, he has been in control the entire time. And he is playing them off against each other. So you don't need to see And then the name of this movie? Ender's called- Game. No, paranoia. There's no reason. Uh, I don't know who is paranoid. I don't know what this movie has to do with paranoia. Um, Why do you call it paranoia? Tom wants are there, to know. Are there two different words, para and noia? I don't know. You'll have to see to find out. Uh, but I wanted is, to point out. Is it the out, kid I really liked from Expendables 2? That kid? No, oh, that's right. He got killed in Expendables 2. That's right. I, that, uh, that was the younger him. And, <laughs> I, I, I love that guy. It's my favorite part of Expendables 2. <laughs> Where do, what part of your of Hunger Games was he was it for you was uh, it that guy why does he dislike him <laughs> but I also want to point out so chunky is Gabe <laughs> in in this movie uh, Gary Oldman is doing some sort of a very non-posh British accent it's always fun to hear him do accents Harrison Ford instead of doing an accent shaves his head oh so it's just like Widowmaker <laughs> and I want to point out that uh, I don't think Harrison Ford Holds a shaved head nearly as well He's, as Dwayne Johnson. The whole thing was going. Oh, no, God. I'm so stupid for not expecting that. <laughs> I can't believe you clipped to that. Oh. It just occurred to me watching the trailer. I couldn't. No, help I, was, I made the mistake of listening to Tom again <laughs> twice, two weeks in a row. What happened a third, Tom? No hat trick for you, bitch. I know it's coming. So there you if go. Only Harrison Ford would stop making movies, so I wouldn't have to have my guard all the time. Whenever Tom opens this fucking yap, I think he did <laughs> making movies like twenty years ago. Oh snap! And you know what, Kelly Wan? Even after Harrison Ford has stopped making movies, we'll still have Dwayne Johnson. You know who doesn't have a fitness? Doesn't need a fitness coach to make Star Wars Seven. Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Good point, Kelly Wan. <laughs> you know who could never have acted in Witness? Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> It was it too? Dwayne Johnson. 
There's a case to be made, Dingus, for having Dwayne Johnson go undercover in a Mennonite community. Oh, yes, there is a case to be made for that. It's called Tooth It's like the third Hemsworth. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) Dingus, get get me out of this hell uh, and and tell the the listeners. started. (laughs) What did we – what happened this week? What did we we see? All right, this week we saw the Wolverine. (laughs) A 2013 American-Australian action-adventure-fantasy superhero franchise movie Mm. about Wolverine's vacation in Japan after The Last Stand. It was directed by James Mangold and written by Mark Bomback and and Scott Frank and an uncredited Christopher McQuarrie, of course, based on the 1982 limited series Wolverine by Chris Claremont and Frank Miller. What? Kaiser it was uncredited. This is based on a comic? I mean, this is actually... Fr- there's an yeah. actual comic book of this stuff? Yeah, the Frank Miller. Oh, God. In the <laughs> 80s, though, when Frank Miller, before he jumped the shark. It's, 80s Frank it, it's a limited series, though, Tom, so don't worry. I should have known. Not, All right, well, that's, that's changing things. All right, go ahead, Dingus. Sorry. Changing. <laughs> it, it stars Hugh Jackman, mm. uh, Tao Kamado, Rila Fukushima, Hiroyuki Sanada and Svetlana Kojinkova. Tell you one, not a rowl for a single one of those folks. Not even Hugh Jackman. <laughs> not even Svetlana Kojinkova? No. Right. The no. Wolverine is rated PG-13 for sequences of intense sci-fi action and violence, some sexuality, and language. Mm. Wait, the granddaughter's a... a, a... I just forgot which one she was. <laughs> okay. That's nice of you to weigh in. Wait, the granddaughters are... Yeah. Uh, the Wolverine opened at number one this weekend. No no surprise. Oh. It wasn't really... Uh, there was nothing going up against it. It made a cool $55 million on its opening weekend. Cool. On Rotten Tomatoes, which is the percentage of reviews that are positive, it is at 60... Oh, no. Yeah, 66%. On Metacritic, which is the average of ratings from various reviews, the Wolverine is at 60. <laughs> That's right. And my cat gives it three stars. He gives it a from the far background. He always says it on the 60s. That's what she said. Oh, no. I don't, I'm not, not good at that. that. I can never pull that one off. Uh, all right. So Maths, let's right. now get to a... Kelly Wand. Wait, wait, you got to tell us. Oh, yes. Well, I guess you already told us. <laughs> Kelly Wand. Was all, there wasn't much to say about the, the numbers or the box office. Well, we could talk more. It, it opened no, well. It doesn't open because it's not a bigger ensemble piece because I don't think the Wolverine is, well, as, is as well known as, say, the Iron Man or the Batman. Is he? Uh, he's more. Well, what I'm wondering is why I... I you know, I, I try to avoid stories about this and reading uh, any reviews whatsoever. But today I keep seeing stories that say Wolverine claws its way to number one. And it, it sounds like you just said it, it was number one, and there's no big deal about that. Well, number two was The Conjuring from last week. I mean, there was nothing uh, else really. Oh, jeez. I hate headlines. <laughs> well, yeah, and let me see. One of Conjured them. Conjured up second place. I saw one that said something like, oh, Wolverine bleeds but still leads or something. Oh, I hate it. See, that's see how they sex up your math. I should probably do more like that. So it's just writers looking for a, a story. It's not 
They, they found it, though. Because of claw up the fucking financial system. I mean, should it have done better? I, I don't know. No, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think it was pretty much as expected. It didn't. I don't think anyone's disappointed. I don't think it's uh, anyone's necessarily popping more than the usual champagne corks. Uh, <laughs> we are horrible people. <laughs> well, well, I thought we, your thing that was to like go, hey, this is the weird thing about it all. But this week there wasn't even enough to to fake. Well, no, the weird thing is it doesn't open as well as an X-Men movie, for instance, which has a larger ensemble cast. Uh, this is basically a Hugh Jackman vehicle, and those don't really – there aren't – that's not really a thing yet. <laughs> uh, so it's not like an Iron Man movie is Robert Downey Jr. thing. Uh, so it, it's – it's it's what you it's what you'd figure you know consider there's no one else famous in it uh, there's nobody else you know it's a it's a story about a, a superhero who doesn't wear spandex uh, who doesn't have a crazy costume uh, and he's going to Japan for an adventure uh, I think considering uh, it, it did fairly well I'm yeah but, but, the, but the but the name recognition is huge so. Yeah, Wolverine is a huge name. And who's played a superhero the same number of times besides him? Adam West. Wolverine's a huge name, Dingus, but I don't think he's been lifted out of X-Men movies yet. Uh, and I think that's why it's not like an $80 million opening. Spoiler. You know, and that's a good point. There's no X-Men brand put on this. Right. But I'm just wondering why. Yeah, well. Which, you know, it's number one. I'm just wondering why I'm reading headlines today that say things like clawing forward and Hugh Dingus, Jackson is going to get never, a disappointed call from blah, blah, blah. Never pay attention to headlines. They're only designed to get you to read the article. Never fall for that. Hold on. Let me write this down. Yeah. Yeah. That's Tom's headline. As a guy who writes headlines a lot, let me tell that's what it's for. <laughs> to ignore it at once it's got your attention. Alright. <laughs> Alright, so Kelly Wand, speaking of getting our attention, what would you do <laughs> if you were Wow, he really is the best writer. <laughs> he is the best segue writer <laughs> in the yeah. business. Segway headline. What if you were to break down the events of the Wolverine? What what would you call such a collection of you know, anecdotes or a description. Uh, what what would you call such a thing? Uh, and the Wolveropsis. <laughs> wow, I am not disappointed, Kelly Wan. I want to hear in the Wolveropsis rock and roll. Oh, I'm sorry, Kelly Wan. Drive it like you stole it. <laughs> you mean slowly, <laughs> like not just trying to attract attention to myself? Hey, you're gotcha. not, that's not how that. Saying is supposed to work. You've just broken my catchphrase. Thanks. Did they say that when people stole chariots? <laughs> Very interesting one. Continue with that. The Wolveropsis. Wolverines in a Japanese POW camps well, doing nothing during World War II. <laughs> a mailman gives three Japanese soldiers one telegram. One of them reads it. Dear soldiers near Nagasaki, some guys in a plane are about to drop me on you. Sign an atom bomb. One of them passes his joint to the Buddha statue, crumples it up, gets on his knees and commits seppuku. The second guy goes for my family and stabs himself too. The third one goes to the well and cuts the chains with his sword and tells Wolverine, Come die up here like man, not ground like dog. That way men can bury you in ground later, like bone. Wolverine, y'all. Listen, bub, me government told me me mission here was to well to do nothing. God. He's Canadian. It's my Canadian accent. 
I take orders from no man, so I told them to go fuck themselves. But I had to come this way anyway, then I fell in. Now I kind of like it in here. Wouldn't mind a clothesline, though. The A-bomb lands, knocking the soldier into the well. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite accent, yeah. You're supposed to picture comic book panels when I make that. And better writing at acting. Wolverine's all, damn, 100 megatons and no footage. Just have to use this trash can lid. Hang on, Asian. Try thinking happy thoughts. The flashback turns Wolverine into CG. He takes the trash can lid off and goes, hang on, it's not safe yet. Radiation. Okay, now it is. The soldier's all, here, take my sword. I know you have claws already. But in Japanese custom, with men in wells. Wolverine's all, yeah, my friend. Uh, hang on to it for 60 years, then I'll come back and take it, if you're still alive. If not, I'll give you three wells. Repeat it verbally, we'll call it clinched. They climb up and look at CG. The Japanese guy sobs. I did not expect to see such devastation. Wolverine's all. Really? That's weird. We dropped one on Hiroshima three days ago. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to laugh at that. We're laughing at the movie. (laughs) That's what they want us to do. He stares at two dead guys with swords in their bellies and goes, so you guys are fine with silverware for that. He stares at us and shrugs, then wakes up screaming. He's all, (laughs) How come I never had that flashback from 60 years ago before? I mean, what the? My love interest from the Brett Ratner movie. It's me, Logan, Famke Jansen. My rack represents heaven. I mean, I'm a ghost in heaven. I guess we haunt it. He's all, Does Lindelof just write every movie now? How come I need sleep? So who's Sabretooth in the next one? Chris Evans? She's all, kill yourself and have sex with me in heaven. He's all, how's that a nightmare? I mean, I'm a warrior, so I live in a cave and listen to radio. It's like a well, horizontal. Speaking of which, they have sex. He wakes up in a cave screaming, Brett Ratner's shit still canon. His transistor radio dies. He's all, damn, I should stop playing battery. <laughs> I'm not even good at it, but I keep doing it. Like everything. Damn, I should stop buying batteries in four packs. He wakes up screaming again, this time behind the cash register at the Alaskan 7-Eleven. He has a name tag on his shirt that says Wolverine. So, uh, he wakes up screaming, this time at the back of the long line. Then wakes up screaming his way to the front of the line. Uh, yes, wide. Continue. He's all, finally. Four pack of batteries, please. The bear behind the cash register roars at him, then explodes. He wipes the bear off and turns around. Famke Janssen's in line behind him. She looks annoyed. He's all, pretty crazy dream, huh? He turns back to the exploded bear and waits, and eventually the manager comes out and rings him up. Sells him a lottery ticket, but he doesn't win anything. Then he licks some bear off his face and goes, poison. He goes to a bar and overhears a redneck go. And then the first filler said, Watson, I dropped my pipe. And then the curtain done come clean down. <laughs> that was the eighth stand and oh ever initiated. Everyone in the bar stands and applauds till Wolverine stabs the guy in the hand with a poison arrow. One guy keeps clapping. Wolverine's all, it's one thing I hate. It's people who poison something and don't finish it off. He walks out. An Asian girl saw... Don't worry, everyone in this bar dies tragically in the week under avalanche of bears. 
I can tell the near future and distant past. The guy breaks a bottle over Wolverine's head. She's all, look out! See? (laughs) My name is Asian girl number three. Come with me to Japan. I'll sleep the whole way. Ugh, I know. I got to Japan, I head to a hotel. The old lady behind the counter goes, Who's the caveman? <laughs> the girl's all, It's pronounced Canadian. Old lady number one's all, Okay, well, since you didn't call ahead, we only have three rooms available. Mission to Mars, Carrie, and that one with Melanie Griffith. <laughs> Wolverine's all, We'll take the PG-13 one. The audience falls asleep. Wolverine dreams he's in bed with Jean Grey, Sue Storm, Mary Jane Watson, Gwen Stacy, Professor X, and Sally Fields, Aunt May, all going, None of our hair colors are right! National <laughs> <laughs> treasure. Wolverine wakes up standing in a boardroom beside an old man in a hospital bed. The old man's all, Are you awake yet? It's me, guy from Nagasaki. I'm rich now, and my doctor tells me I can be immortal if I suck metal out of your bone marrow while wearing a giant robot suit made of strongest CG. This is my beautiful granddaughter, Asian girl number four. Perhaps we can arrange a trade, if you know what I mean. Wolverine's all sorry, old man. A lot's changed since Nagasaki, except me, and I never sleep with granddaughter singly. Although it's more of a guideline than a rule, actually. What's the name again? Asian girl number two draws Wolverine aside and goes, I predict you are currently bored and confused. In eight seconds, much worse. Guy with Bo is granddaughter's boyfriend. Non-old man is her dad. <laughs> other guy is other boyfriend. She gets thrown in pool. I think I'm her maid. He's all, has it been eight seconds yet? A bunch of stuff on a train happens. <laughs> we'll read to the granddaughter, wake up from that. With simultaneous board size. He's all, it's too safe here. Let's find another bullet train. His claw rings. Yeah? Logan, it's Asian girl number three, or number one. Neither of us was listening. I just saw you die. There was blood everywhere, and you had your heart in your hand. And you were saying something boring while I protected your corpse using CG. Mostly blue. So, huh. Getting the sense Aronofsky saw the future. Can we even prevent these visions from happening? Not till plot calls for it. Damn. Did you have other visions of me afterwards, being alive and having sex with granddaughters? Tons. Damn. All right, well, I saw we forget about it for now, then say stuff later on that won't matter. Now, quit bugging me for a few minutes. The other one just made salads. And guess what I had visions of? Me having sex. He hangs up his claw and goes, wrong number. So, what's this called in your native tongue? Lettuce? She's a Logan. It bad luck, but eating utensil to be vertical... He's all, what are you saying? You're sideways? You don't understand. You're not Japanese. Are you adamantium down there? That's the most racist thing I've ever heard. And the answer's no. But a claw comes out of it. And I keep me young in a pouch, so watch your fingers till they're used to your scent. <clears throat> the granddaughter gets kidnapped somehow while he's asleep, so he uses an x-ray machine to find a goldfish attached to his duodenum. <laughs> The bad guy moves the x-ray. Wolverine's all, no! He wakes up on a catwalk with the first Asian girl. She's all, Logan, movie, not over yet. What now? A drag queen in green pantyhose is all, hey guys, it's me. 
Marvel version of that Uma Thurman <laughs> character from 1998's Batman and Robin. I think I'm German playing Russian or some shit. Anyway, uh, I'm also pretty useless outside fingernail or spitting range. You guys can just give me a minute. Uh, she uses her nail to slit open her skin like a snake, so she looks the same but bald. Wolverine's all. Jesus, Stan, scraping the bottom of I mean, right, you handle her. I'll take the old man in a robot suit holding a sword. Oh, and by the way, I pulled a Matrix goldfish out of me chest. Not me hot. There wasn't blood everywhere, and I wasn't dead. Your real superpower is trolling. Granddaughter sneezes, which frees Wolverine from some plastic. The dad's all, daughter, you are a tiramisu. Indulge grandfather's desire to clomp around in giant robot suit. He promises to only do it at factory. Grandpa uses drill bits to suck Wolverine's bone marrow out of his knuckles, but Wolverine tricks him by throwing him over a cliff into a swimming pool. Wolverine saw building a giant non-flying robot factory at the top of a cliff. The hubris of the greatest generation. Granddaughter saw Wolverine. We did it, I guess. He saw. If he kept sucking me knuckles just a couple more seconds, he'd have kept getting younger and become a fetus, completely harmless. But fortunately, something else happened. So now I'll no longer dream of cameos by Famke Jansen. I'm going back to America. Glad we dropped the bomb. She saw Wolverine. You saved my life. I'm gorgeous in love with you. I'm a billionaire. Let's have nonstop sex. Maybe a threesome with the maid. So no can do, Aphasia. I'm a warrior. I gotta go. Okay, well, we can still have sex. I'm a billionaire. I can just bring you over by plane. I mean, I just killed my grandpa and dad and two boyfriends for you. Why are we breaking up? <laughs> I don't understand. You're not an American. But you're connect- Shh. Okay. You're an idiot, Wolverine. It's the idiot, Maraca. The. The, the, the end. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly Wand. Welcome. Uh, all right, let's see the Wolverine. We've all seen all the other X Men movies. Uh, I don't think I've seen the other Wolverine movie. There's another Wolverine movie. <laughs> oh, you know what? You're right. There, I, yeah, I've never the seen one with that the one. guy from Goon is Sabretooth, who's also an X Men one, which has been <laughs> dancing on it. It's a, it's a, but it's an X Men branded movie. This is not. Yeah, but she's in both of them. Who's in both of them? Famke. Oh, right. Or they can't both be Sabretooth. Is the, is the other X-Men, or the other Wolverine movie, is she like another uh, dead wife vision kind of character, or she's actually in it? I stopped watching it after the scene where in the comics he wakes up and oh. gets pissed off and kills everybody in the army base that makes him, and in this he just runs away and doesn't kill anybody. <laughs> and then I went, I'm not watching the rest of this. Fuck you, movie. Then I turned it off. So I don't know what happens with Sabretooth in your little fantasy world. I'm not even so sure who Sabretooth is, but uh, all right. the guy, Goon, who's not... Uh, Liev Schreiber. Yeah, he's the other... But that's his dad or his brother? I don't fucking care. It's all bullshit. Anyway. All right. Uh, well, Dingus, you uh, are an X-Men fan. I think you liked the last X-Men movie more than anyone else on this podcast. Uh, what did you think of uh, The Wolverine? I actually loved uh, X-Men First Class, and I watched it again this week, as mm-hmm. my son wanted to see it with my uh, folks. We were visiting my, my parents, and he wanted to watch it with his grandparents, and so I watched it again. And I think it's just such a freaking great movie. By the uh, way, I now realize uh, why Hugh Jackman plays himself in that movie. Rather, because everybody else has a younger version. All the other X Men are played by younger actors because they're younger versions of themselves. And I always thought, oh, it's a little silly that Hugh Jackman's in there playing Wolverine. This is supposed to be like what twenty years ago, right? Um, 
I now understand. So why? Could, could you explain that to me, please? He doesn't age. He's like a vampire. He's immortal. Yeah. Why? Why does he not age starting at age thirty-eight? Because that's when they replaced his adamant his bones with adamantium stuff. I the, no, that's, that's what that, helped that's, him survive. That's his ability. His ability is to heal, and that has nothing to do with adamantium. So why? Why is it exactly that he stops aging at age right. thirty-eight? That's because you'll have to read the comic books. I will not do that. <laughs> Wait, why is his name uh, Logan I, if his name's Dave Sautel or whatever? <laughs> I'm not falling for that. Um, I, I just don't. I don't understand because I don't read the comics. I don't understand why. I, exactly what Tom's talking about. I don't understand why. If he is, if his power is ultimately being immortal and healing, why isn't he a fetus forever? And if you want to say it just triggers it, adolescence, fine. Why isn't he 15 forever? Uh, I, I just don't understand why. I mean, I think it's a cute. I think it's cute. I had to explain it to my mom that. In X-Men First Class, the idea is, you know, PG-13, they have one use of the F-word, and they're going to burn it in one particular place in this movie, because my mom objects to whenever that word is used. And I I had to explain to her why it was used in X-Men First Class, and this is why it's used, and here's this character using it. I have no idea why the Wolverine is frozen at that age in that movie, and why he isn't that at twenty or fifty? Well, I can I can answer that if you really Please. want to know. Yeah, I do. Uh, bec- because that's how old Hugh Jackman is. <laughs> okay, thank you. Oh. So anyway, my my uh, my okay. opinion of this movie is kind of uh, wrapped up in in things that have nothing to do with his movie, and that's kind of unfortunate. And and it kind of relates to how I felt about Iron Man three, which as as good a movie as Iron Man three was, and as much as I loved it. Um, I'm kind of distracted by the fact that Iron Man 3 is running around doing all these important things and Captain America isn't coming by to help him. Because we're in a post-Avengers world by Iron Man 3, and we're in a post-X-Men uh, world when we're dealing with this stuff that um, Wolverine is going through here. So him running around with all these wonderful Japanese people is fine and all well and good, but after seeing First Class and the other X-Men movies, I'm kind of like, why don't I get any other X-Men? Are they just on vacation? Are they too busy? Are they off the clock? I I just don't, I don't get the, I mean, I understand that they're trying to make money and we have to have spinoffs, but for me, once I'm past that point, I'm not as interested. I just am not. And no matter how good the movie is, I'm just not as interested we're not dealing with the other characters that I know are in his universe and could help him through this in a moment if he wanted them to. I just don't get it. Kaiwan, how did, did this work for you, and did you have similar objections? Not or, or different objections? Mm, I think I liked it for, like, the first hour. I liked the bullet train, actually. I thought it was a good sequence. Mm-hmm. And uh, But then at the end, when he... Turned into every other movie I've seen this year, and every superhero movie I've ever seen. And then, and then, and nothing. It was. I got the sense they were trying to go for like a darker story, uh, but at the end, nothing dark had happened. Like he doesn't lose. He's four for four, I think, with all the people they had to protect. Well, as far as darker story, I mean, I kind of like the idea that we're trying to get more intimate with it. But no, yeah, but it didn't go dark. Nothing dark happened in it. 
Well, but it's just that we're kind of past that point for me. I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, this would be something that would be – it feels like a prequel, and that's why he's alone. But it's not a prequel. It's it's after no, all it happened, and all of these other characters are available now. And then that yeah, but he's alone. That, that buffer thing is so silly. I mean, it's just I don't know. I, I guess with comic books, you're just so supposed to ignore every other part of the universe but the panel you're looking at. And maybe that's the point of a movie like this. I'm just supposed to look at this panel of this comic. Dingus, when you when you. When you like read uh, Edith Hamilton's uh, mythology, and there's something in there about uh, Jason the Argonauts going off after the Golden right. Fleece, you are you bugged? Is. Right? Are you bugged by the fact that Hercules doesn't show up, and that uh, Aeneas isn't somewhere, or no, not uh, Achilles isn't somewhere, uh, you know, sailing it on his wing as an escort? Um, does that sort of thing bother you? I mean, these are these are no, hero, no, these are stories the, about heroes. These are, I mean, these the are costumes be- are weirder than that. Like why they would no, be. and I think you make a good point, Tom. I, I, that doesn't bother me at all. That's a good point. These are these are supposed to be self-contained stories about heroes, and one of the things I loved this movie, by the way, and one of the things I really liked about it was that I, you know we've got some, the X-Men are traditionally an ensemble, and that's fine, but I am happy to drill down deeper with one particular character and explore that character, explore something that he goes through. Um, it, it's almost like I imagine, I don't read comic books, but watching this movie made me think, this must be like what it's what it's like to read a comic book. This is one episodic adventure. It's a standalone thing. It's not some threaded thing. It doesn't have anything to do with his relationship to the X-Men. Um, and it's it's me going off to sort of hang out and explore Wolverine's character a little bit. Just him, just focusing on him alone. And I think in, in this kind of – if we think of superheroes today as a latter-day mythology for, 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 for kids and, and some grown-ups, and you know, I enjoy a lot of this stuff as well, um, it makes perfect sense. And I, I really appreciate it when a script and another director – Drills down a little deeper into one little episode, like 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 Iron Man three, um, uh, and 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 this as well. Um, so I didn't mind the self-contained bit at all. Uh, and as for it being darker, I don't I don't know that I would necessarily agree with darker, but certainly more intimate. Um, there were a lot of stretches of this movie, and I really liked this about it, which were just characters talking to each other. Um, and I loved that it didn't feel like it needed to throw in a new action set piece uh, every so often. Um, and it, it kind of reminded me in a way of James Mangold's last movie, which I think some of us were a, a little mixed about. But Night and Day was this relationship between two people, and every now and then a crazy set piece would happen. Right. Uh, and, and James Mangold seemed to take, it, to take a similar approach to this material. To not make it, at least until the end. By, by the way, I, I think this thing totally fell apart. Yeah. I did not need a battle with a samurai life support <laughs> adamantium iron lung robot thing. Uh, but, but up until then, um, I, I was really on board with, with a lot of what was happening because it was so character driven. Um, and, and a lot of what made this standalone story work for me, um, was I, I don't I didn't know that it was from a comic book and Kelly Wan now that you mentioned that I'm I'd be curious to hear more but this to me seemed like okay let's let's take one of the X Men let's take Wolverine maybe the most maladjusted of the X Men and put him in this story where he goes to where he where he's a stranger in a strange land you know we're taking him to an exotic location that he's not familiar with and furthermore as we tell this story 
we're going to mirror this this sense of him being an exotic location by making the audience feel out of not not know what's going on. You know, I love when I'm watching a movie and I'm not clear who is what to whom because the movie doesn't really want me to know yet. You know, the movie's playing a lot of the stuff close to its hand. Uh, I, I spent a lot of the early part of this movie thinking, what what is going on? You know, who would wh- who are these weird characters loitering around the sidelines? Uh, which one of these persons is going to end up being the villain? I think I have an idea, but I'm not sure. What is this guy doing? Why is she reacting that way? Um, and, and that kind of mirrored what Wolverine must have felt as an audience member. I really appreciated that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so f- for, for those reasons, I, I really liked this movie a lot. Mm, I'm mostly with you, but I think I broke up with it slightly sooner. Because it seemed like by the end, those intimate touches were gone. They did dissolve. I, d- I, I think what it is is they're uh, – you know, uh, the, that whole question that's driving you early on that's driving me is what is going on? I don't think that's ever really answered. <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> I think the plot the plot is something of a hot mess. Uh, I don't I don't know why the guy was going to fake his death and live in a robot and I don't know why write they a will to that one place with Ninja to take her. If in fact that guy was in on it, or was he? Am I dumb? Right. That's, exactly, that's exactly what I wasn't clear on, is that these relationships were there, and I'm puzzled about them, but the mystery was never really solved. That bet Chandler wouldn't Clearly know. to me. Uh, who would know? Robert Chandler. Raymond Chandler wouldn't know. <laughs> Robert Chandler, his brother. Robert Chandler. <laughs> the thing is, I don't think it's like a big sleep situation where it's just so intricate I didn't understand it. I just think the script kind of falls apart by the time we get to this we're going to have a battle in a supervillain lair on a cliff. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of like it's going to throw that at us and then never mind stuff about like, why does he waste the F word on who I thought was kind of a good guy? Yeah. Pretty you boy. Know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that, you know, as you were mentioning, Dingus, when you roll out the F word, that should have been resolved for his buddy who betrayed him. You know, the, the old man, yeah. um, the villain of the piece. I think it's just a callback to first class though, isn't it? What's the callback to first class? Go fuck yourself. That's yeah, now his catchphrase. He's just playing. It, it doesn't really matter. It's just him saying it. Uh, unfortunately, oh. Matthew Vaughn know, knew how to use it and and sort of flip off the MPAA. And here, um, they just don't care. They're just they're just using him to use it, and they're just going to say he's going to say this word at right, the, why, the same right. way. And I'm okay with that. But why does he use it on? One of the what is he wasted on one of the least there. one of the least vile characters. That well, guy seemed like a pretty noble, well-intentioned guy. Uh. Because it's about him. It's not about the other guy. It's just about when he uses it. And I mean, that, that's one of the problems with with PG thirteen. It's just that this character would be saying that all the time, and that's who this character is. And they just they just roll it out. Unfortunately, the script isn't smart enough to to put it in an interesting uh, place. Yeah, I, I wouldn't ding the whole script for that. I just think that that right there is a is a weird bit that I didn't understand. Does Wolverine drop f bombs in the comics, Kelly Wan? No, but there's more sense of violence happening because you can get away with shit in comics you can't in the movie. And then this movie you can feel the PG thirteen hurting you. Yeah, and here's here's where I would disagree that it's dark. I mean, he's killing lots of people, but it's very PG thirteen dark. Yeah, love to see an R rated Wolverine. I know when he has claws. We're getting so jacked on this. If right. I may. And the movie's about his claws. And right. I mean, <laughs> it should be a different kind of slice, even, with just the bone. 
that's PG-13 and I'll, you know what? If I lose the claws, I'm okay with that. If I get stuff like, uh, like that bear scene. Man, I love that bear scene. Just I like walking around scene. the woods with the bear. That's, I like when he yeah. got tired uh, with. He's just like, oh, he's like, he's never been tired before. Right. After he does this thing with the axe, and I don't know. Like their relationships kind of budding. Can I can I just ask a question? Um, in previous movies, because we've been around with Wolverine for a while now, is is concern about immortality his thing? No. Why is it now? Uh, because, I'm not sure it is. Is the the old guy was just trying to sell him on it, right? Well, but I get the sense that the movie's kind of selling us on this emo idea of, uh, boy, immortality is really rough. Uh, but is that a thing in the comic at all? Uh, well, he's not killing himself. He's well, just, yeah, not, oh, obviously. He's hyperactive. I think isn't there actually isn't there a moment where he says something about that where he tries to. Well, I guess that maybe that's my Magneto. But he's the thing is, I think the old guy is just trying to plant that idea in his head, and it comes up in his dream with Famke Jansen. Right. Uh, I, I don't he think he doesn't take him up on it. Right. He's like, what? Yeah. Already. Anyway, I gotta go. So a concern about oh immortality, I've got. I, I really want to get away from this. Isn't a Wolverine characteristic, as far as you guys know? Well, they're playing the fact that he's bummed up about Jean Grey six, seven years later, however many it's supposed to be. Uh, and that's worth quitting the X-Men over, I guess, or that was another implication we're supposed to take at face value, which I think is what you were saying originally. You know, actually, uh, I, I suddenly realized I'm thinking about the Hulk. <laughs> that's the same. It's I, all the yeah, same. I'm thinking about the Hulk trying to eat a bullet, and then, and then the Hulk wouldn't let him do that. So um, I, I don't know that the Wolverine was ever ever couched. He's done science in the movie. Well, he kind of does. With the X-Ray machine, he is kind of doing science. So in a way... He is Tony Stark, and now Bruce Banner's a wisecracking scientist. <laughs> All the same dude. But uh, I, I do like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Oh, he's one. I think he's he's freaking great. I like him in everything, pretty much that I can think of. Uh, Le Miserable. He's good at that. He's a good singer. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> at least at least he can sing. <laughs> Well, no, he's that? like he's into it's it. Exceptional in this movie, I think he's amazing. And if you yeah. watch, if you watch what he does in, not to get too extreme, but if you watch what he does in the Fountain, and then what he does in this, I think he's a fantastic yeah. actor. Well, I the, the the very first shot, like where uh, where he's lying next to Famke Jansen, and she says, "Can you stay?" Uh, I totally was thinking of like him lying around with Rachel Weisz in several scenes in the Fountain. He he just shows so much. Like he's this great juxtaposition of strength and vulnerability, yeah. uh, and he really carries that, and, and physically too. Jesus, his physicality in this was just amazing stuff. Good lord, that must have been CG, right, Kelly Wand? No, he has to eat a lot of chicken. I read, and he says he's he's like, I don't have any more of these. How much more chicken I can eat? That's so. <laughs> not chicken. That's <laughs> not chicken. It tastes like rattlesnake. <laughs> tastes like. Uh, so I was I was a little surprised to discover that neither of the two actresses who uh, one of whom good lord that the impossibly gorgeous granddaughter I know. and and I loved how how kind of strange looking uh, Yukio was like she looked like yeah. something drawn from some anime or from some comic book uh, neither of them had done anything else. I don't, I don't know where they came from, but neither of them had any other credits on, on IMDb. Uh, and I loved both of them. Yeah. They didn't seem – you could see why they're not jealous of each other. I can't about their relationship. It was the guys that confused me. 
So there's like nine different <laughs> interchangeable. Well, both of those actresses and, and one of both of those actresses really did carry themselves like superstars. Like if you had told me, oh, yeah, these actresses are huge in Japan. Uh, I absolutely would have believed that, you know, that they were some some huge Japanese celebrity. And this was their first, uh, you know, American movie. Uh, I, I just was really taken with both of them. Um and that's also, I think, an advantage to what you were talking about earlier, Tom, about this idea of being able to have a, a movie where you drill down into one character's story and, and you don't have to support the entire ensemble from that other movie, which is, which was my sort of objection to being interested in the story. Is this, is the, and I really actually like this, is this idea that you can cast whoever you want if you're going to do this. Right. I don't know what the budget was for this movie, but I really like the way the cast goes for this movie because it's all in Japan. And I think James Mangold, I'm, you know, obviously, I don't know how much of the casting decision he has to make on this kind of movie. But they can go with those two actors who are really, really good, and they don't have to go with somebody who's special and hot and big and a crossover from another type of thing. And they and I really kind of like that aspect of it because I like most of the actors in this, even though I don't know who in the world they are. Yeah. I didn't uh, like did you the... did you recognize the Viper chick, Dingus? Uh, no. She's from a movie that uh, Kelly and I, one of these days, will get you to appreciate. Uh, but she's the girl that uh, Tom Hardy rescues in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Uh, I don't uh, know that movie. Is that she another was in comic last, book movie? She was in last week's 3x3 three three, uh, for Sunlight, um, because where, where someone mentioned Tom Hardy uh, you know, uh, casting sunlight on her face with his, her little locket. Um, she kind of annoyed me, though, in this. I was like, oh. Why? Hey, it's not her fault. Well, it's not. I, the thing is, I I love that there wasn't a conventional. The structure of this movie is not the conventional. You know, first of all, I love that it's not an origin story. You know, thank God we didn't get one of those. Uh, but I, <laughs> we didn't have. It, it wasn't this like, okay, here's our hero, here's our villain, and we're gonna develop their story separately, and then they're gonna bang into each other at the end. Uh, you know, I love the fact that she wasn't. She wasn't like the Joker or whatever. She wasn't like this foil against him. Um, yeah, and I she, guess she was just kind of a henchman, I, I think. I guess. Um, but he, she said, oh, I suppressed his powers at one point, but it's the goldfish that did. Wait, she makes goldfish and fucking and her superpowers poison. I think ants. the goldfish were uh, little nanobot things, like part of his – part of the, the dude's corporation – like one, one of I think they were high tech things. I think they were little robots. They looked like robots to me. Well, she took credit for it in that one line, didn't she? I forget. I get that. <laughs> She's just an oncologist. What does she know? Is she really an oncologist? She's not really an oncologist. I don't think she was in the four issue thing that Frank Miller did that this was supposed to be. All right, so, Ke- so Kelly Wan, you know about this stuff. So there's so Wolverine goes to Japan for four issues. Is that what happened? Yeah, and I remember who, I remember who the villain was when I, but I don't remember much else about it. And I remember just being more of a tribune. I can't remember. Oh, so this is they just they just took basically the idea of going to Japan, like it yeah. wasn't the same storyline. No, it was similar. It was the. Uh, I don't think it was Nagasaki though. And I think well, it's I don't, her dad and not her grandfather. I partly ask because Frank Miller didn't get any sort of writing credit. The, the the people that you know, Dingus mentioned Christopher McQuarrie being uncredited, but the other two screenwriters, neither of them was Frank Miller. So this was original. Like this was an original story, but loosely based on the Frank Miller one. Yeah, 
Okay. I mean, and I mean, didn't Siranovsky's name on it either, but I think he had guys work on it before he. Well, it was left. his movie for a while. I, right. I do, well, yeah. And he left because he wanted to be with his family. But that was after marriage. So Rachel Burkett? I can't remember now. All right. And then it was going to be a Robocop. Well, he was going to have to be in Japan or wherever for a year. For a year. Yeah. And I, you know, I think anytime somebody says, I want to be with my family, it usually means something else. But I could kind of almost see it as an Aronofsky movie, like chunks of it ago. I could see this, because it's kind of, it was like The Fountain. Maybe that's why he wanted to do it. Uh, Kelly, one, you like the bullet train scene? It wasn't too CG for you? It was CG, but I liked how it resolved. I thought it was cool <laughs> and unexpected and well shot. And it seemed it felt like a like a bullet train. Oh, also, I saw this in 3D, and I have sometimes I feel like I'm cracking on 3D, and then this in this instance I kind of felt dumb. Like I don't think it added anything. Yeah, well, I I want, that's too bad. I wanted to hear how 3D went. Uh, I did see it in 3D, but I didn't think I don't remember anything in 3D happening. Uh, Half the thought. I was hoping uh, that it wouldn't pull a Superman and actually say his name <laughs> when, when they finally. I was so hoping we were going to when when the uh, when uh, Mariko was telling the story about her having a dream and being afraid of uh, I forgot what Chukuchkis or whatever. Uh, Kukuchis? What was the Japanese word for the little creatures? Kanuchi? I don't know. Whatever. Well, I presume that. Yeah, I presume they were wolverines. And I was like, oh, she's talking about wolverines. And then I was like, hey, nobody has said wolverine so far. That's pretty cool. Because uh, they they call him that. Isn't that like his X Men name or whatever? Like, don't all the X Men get like a here's your team nickname, and that's why he's called the Wolverine? Yeah, but he was called I, that before the X-Men. Yeah, I think that has oh. more to do with what happened in Vietnam, doesn't it? What? Oh, well, of course he was in Vietnam. He was in World War II. Uh, well, the thing is, I was thinking they were going to go through the entire movie without saying the stupid name, and they did. And it was one of those uh, I, one of those taglines that you say when you're killing someone. I, I was really disappointed in that. And from there, it started to go downhill. Although I love the, um, the scene where they capture him with the rope arrows – uh, like I liked how audacious that looked. It looked kind of silly. Um, but you know what I loved about that scene is that at first I thought, boy, they're really having a hard time disguising the wires in this. And then, <laughs> and then I started to realize, oh, no, no, that's that's the point of the scene. And then it got more and more exciting as as that developed. I kind of liked that. Uh, how did you guys feel about the action in this overall? Uh... Too quick, Cuddy? Did it seem focused enough, or did, did it show you enough? You, uh... I don't I don't like when he's imprisoned in that thing at the end. She gets him free by just falling or something, but it happens off. It's kind of like she she bumped into it at the right. Yeah, time. she's instantly moving. Like, oh, we totally systematically worked that out. But it's like they. I thought they cut one frame that would have made that clear to me, like how she did that. Because she kind of just walks up to it and then trips. Well, that thing obviously has a high center of gravity. It's probably not very stable. <laughs> and it is a device. Uh... But uh, uh, well, what are the action was there? He throws some people. Well, the, the funeral uh, scene, of course. I mean, that the funeral scene was a big set piece in the chase through the city. Uh, I really like some of that. I mean, I, I can see people complaining there might have been too much quick cutting or shaky cam stuff. 
Um, but I really enjoyed that scene. I enjoyed, you know, I, I liked watching both. I liked that both uh, Mariko and Yukio could fight. Like, I liked some yeah. of that stuff. Um, you know, I liked the, the fight choreography. I liked the way they would show, and I don't remember the Arrow guy's name, uh, but the way he would pick people off from a distance, I thought it was pretty exciting. Um, <laughs> Jeremy Renner is going to play. Yeah, <laughs> basically the Japanese <laughs> Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Uh, Japanese Hawkeye. It always annoys me when I see claws not go through someone from behind. Like he's eviscerating people you can't see from either side because it's PG-13. I don't know. I guess in a you comic know, you go, you only see the one part of it that you're supposed to. Kelly Wand, uh, the Wolverine's number one place at the box office this weekend probably ensures that you will never get an R-rated Wolverine. What do you think of that? Well, I don't know. It won't be twice as much. If they had, <laughs> that's not how our ratings work. Unfortunately, uh, they don't call him the Superman in the movie. Yes, Dingus. I tricked you. Uh, nothing. Never mind. No, <laughs> I'm upset. Dingus is repressing something important. It's not important Dingus. at all. All right. Superman. It's different. Uh, all right. Isn't it? It's different if what, Kelly Wand? Well, if you name yourself. Because, like, the Superman didn't name himself. It was the army. But Wolverine, I think, he called himself that. Didn't he? You know, I, I, I do not remember so much of his backstory. I remember Brian Cox was, like, somehow responsible. or But a lot of the X-Men movies, I don't, I don't know what was going on. So... There were a lot of questions I had while watching the Wolverine that I kind of felt I didn't need answered. I was okay that they weren't answered. It was like that self-contained. I'm like, I'm, it's okay that I don't really remember that he killed Jean Grey and how did that happen? Uh, do I need to know that? No. Uh, I feel that this, the stuff that I needed to know was was about this movie was in this movie. Um, so I forgot what I asked. And that includes you. how he got his name. Yeah, you wanted I, to know if he got. I'm afraid watching something like The Avengers or X-Men First Class triggers something, and I'm so excited about all of them working together that all of a sudden now I have to watch one of them futz around alone. Uh, you only like the team ones now. I don't know why that is, because I usually like the more intimate, like, hey, let's drill down and watch this one guy do his thing. But I, I, I loved those two movies so much that I'm afraid it like flipped a switch. That now I'm like, well, okay, why, why can't somebody else with uh, with mutant powers come in here and do something? All right, Dingus, you're going to do And uh, nobody else in this entire world, whereas in these other movies of X-Men, you're, you're getting mutants crop up all the time. But in this particular world, there's no other mutant within a hundred mile radius. Oh, well, except for Viper. All right, so Dingus, you're, you're now not going to like uh, Thor, Dark World, and Captain America, Winter Soldier. I'm, you know, I'm primed not to, and and God bless those movies for trying to win me over. But I, I just, I don't want to watch this any more than I want to watch a Kramer spinoff of Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, that took a weird turn. Yeah, I did. I Why'd you go with him? Is he the Captain America? Uh, I'm sorry, I meant to say George. Dingus, would you like to watch a Julia Louise Dreyfus spinoff where she plays the vice president without yeah. without uh, without uh, those other guys? She's the yeah, money. Yeah, that. 
I would like to see Jerry Seinfeld show up in the White House, and what's it, who's he going to be? <laughs> uh, let's do a three by three then. So, uh, Dingus, explain what this week's three by three is, and give us a. Let's see, one, two, three. In ten words or less, Dingus, you have ten words to tell me what this week's three by three is. All right, this is your three favorite movies where you should hear something, but you don't. Kelly Wan, how many words was that? I wasn't listening. <laughs> trying to it. reenact scenes from the Wolverine with you guys. You both suck. Uh, all right, Dingus, uh, <laughs> does this need any oh, further? Uh, that was a good wanna, line. Do you want to tell us a bit more about uh, like what you mean by this? Uh, sure. The, the example I used last week was from the movie Sunshine, um, where uh, a character is jumping from spaceship to spaceship, and the way the scene is edited and structured, he's in a spacesuit, and he's yeah, he's screaming and yelling, but you can't hear any of that um, because he's in space, but also because of the way the movie's edited and that you're hearing music instead and other sound effects. So you're you're just you're just thinking about moments where a character is speaking, but you can't hear it. But other things that you think you should hear in a movie, but you just can't hear them because of the choices that the filmmaker has made. So Sunshine was the moment I chose. Um, but you can go where you want to go from there. By the way, so did you know? Wasn't it was the father who was in Sunshine, right? The father in the Wolverine. Did you recognize him? The father. Mm. He was one of the uh, astronauts in, in Sunshine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right. All right. So uh, starting with Kelly Wand, who will be introducing next week's three by three topic. Kelly Wand, what did you pick for your number three pick? My number three is that dude in two thousand one. Uh, Frank Poole when Hal snips his cords and it's juxtaposed against that shrieking alarms everybody else dying. Although in the books you find out that that guy is brought back to life in 3001, so in a way it's his triumph. It's actually my number two pick. Uh, just all the space stuff in 2001. I, I love that. I specifically like when you're just listening to the breathing uh, and there's no other sound effects. Uh, Although that's not, does that fit the topic? Well, when you should hear something, but you don't. Yeah, up to that point, and even past then, you know, sci-fi movies love to make noise in space. And I I don't care if it's realistic or not. I just love how that those scenes in 2001 completely defy expectation. Um, well, when he jumps into the pod, too, it's it's soundless. And now it would be inconceivable to see that same shot so soundless, yep. which is yep. dumb, isn't it? Although it has him taking a deep breath before he goes in, which apparently you would want to do. My number two is 2001 as well, but it's it's the moment where they're where uh, Hal is lip reading them. Ah, I was thinking about that one. Yeah, that's a good one too. See, it's all in that one little cluster. Kelly, one. I think it sounds like Dingus is coming around on 2001. Yeah, I think they're all going to be 2001. <laughs> There's a midnight run though. <laughs> Uh, Dingus, what is your number three pick for uh, a moment? Oh, no, it's me. I'm next. So, Dingus, I'm going to need your help on this one. Uh, and I'm not trying to break the topic. I just couldn't help but think of this scene. <laughs> and I looked for it. I freaking – I have spent – I've been on, on YouTube freaking watching clips. And by the way, this is a movie you will almost never find on my 3B3, 3x3s. I have been watching clips of the Star Trek movie. Uh, Which the, one? The, the original one. The, the Ray Which Wise one. <laughs> The, the Ray Wise, the original one from 19, I don't know, what was that, 80 or whenever? The motion picture. Oh, yeah, that is what it's called, isn't it? Star Trek, the motion picture. Oh, good. So oh, even, even that is, sounds ponderous. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. <laughs> so, Dingus, help me remember this scene. 
We have because a... uh, because the TV show is not in motion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have a friend, uh, Dingus. You're my friend, Aaron Kane, I believe. Showed us this scene once, which I thought was a bunch of them in a shuttle, and I thought it was during the unveiling of the new Enterprise, the old new Enterprise, where they're all talking and Kirk is saying something, and Sulu opens his mouth to talk, and then the, they cut the scene. They edit the scene after the actor has drawn in breath and opened his mouth, and you know he's got a line, he's about to say something, and then cut. It ends. I couldn't for the life of me find that. What is that from, Dingus? And do you remember what I'm talking about? <laughs> it, is a, it's, it is Sulu saying, any chance to ever... <laughs> What if they did that every time he talked? Like on the show. <laughs> and on the all the just like, do we have to get his line? No, just cut it off. Never interesting. Sulu's like, I'm, I'm going to get to talk about piloting the Enterprise finally. It's how they get out of the scene. It's like a, he's like their special. He's like an alien that makes you jump cut ahead. So is that from Star Trek: The Motion Picture, the original one? Tom's memory is it? Yeah, I think so. Because okay. they're they're going around doing they're touring the ship, and it's either from that or from Wrath of Khan. Now that you say it, I don't know. Well, but. in the Robert Wise one, it's just um, uh, uh, William Shatner and James. Scotty, whatever his name is, they're the only ones in the shuttle when the shuttle's flying around and they're doing that famous, oh, we're going to give you peaks of the new Enterprise through the scaffolding. Ooh, now you can see the nacelle. Ooh, here's a corner of the saucer. Oh, we've come around and here's the front view. And it's a cool scene, like especially if you're a, a Star Trek geek. But it's just Scotty and, and Kirk in the shuttle. So I couldn't, at it. And I couldn't remember where Sulu gets cut off or you Maybe expect you're going to hear his I couldn't remember the the movie where you're expecting to hear his line, and uh, they edit away from it. So maybe it is Wrath of Khan. Um, Regardless, I don't know how this works with this topic, but I love that moment. Because you expect you're going to hear Sulu's line, and you don't. You should hear his line, but you don't. <laughs> you hear part of it. That's not. All right. Okay, so wait. Just to clarify, Tom yes, also doesn't remember which movie it's from. So not. <laughs> I only, couldn't find it. It's <laughs> these guys, the topic in so many different ways, all in the woods. And I no, swear to God, all this time there's no way this is his topic because clearly it doesn't work. So why is he going on about Star Trek for ten minutes? And why is he just saying the actual movie that he's thinking of? Because I don't know. This scene was showed to me. I don't watch Star Trek movies. <laughs> I more know than it. once. Uh, the, the one. Uh, our friend showed us this scene. It was like, look, Sulu has a line here. Oh, it gets cut off oh, he did by the editing. You did, did, he even did your homework for you. You didn't even go, oh, wait, was that so memorable? It was so memorable to me when Sulu didn't say that line. Someone else just showed it to you. Tell you what, I'm not going to sit and watch you know, six hours of freaking Star Trek movies to find this line. That's <laughs> wait, why wait, I asked Dingus. Wait, how did it come up to that point? Like, hey, you want to see something awesome? Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's totally. like picture. Check this out. He says half the thing. <laughs> totally. Don't you do that with movies? Like, don't you have go-to funny things to show people from Only movies? But I do talk to myself in that. Like in, like in Gladiator, where the grip backs through the scene, or, uh, or, or, uh, Al Pacino screwing up his line in heat. Uh, you know, the moment where Sulu doesn't get his line in and it gets cut off. That's funny. Especially when you see him talk. Yeah. Uh, Dingus, it's your topic. If you're willing to sit still for this level. <laughs> he knows they don't oh, accept this. He doesn't care. That's true. What are you talking about? Does this not apply? You expect no. to hear Sulu's line. You do not hear it. You expect, Star Trek, what? You expect when an actor 
breathes in and start and opens his mouth and starting to talk, you expect you're going to get to hear what he's going to say. Maybe so in the future don't, they don't have to use whole sentences. Maybe they just maybe in the future the they don't care about that actor as much and they they cut his line and say that's what happened. <laughs> in the future, that's your well. Okay, Tom's right. convinced me. All right, I'm so annoyed with myself that I can't remember which exact scene it was because I love that scene. So it's such a funny moment where it was, it says, "Any chance to go aboard the?" And, and the editor just chooses, or the director just chooses. Or Shatner. We're just gonna, yeah. Or Shatner just goes, "Yeah, <laughs> done with you. Let's go to the next scene." And so you remember what you hanging? Oh, I know exactly. Tell remembers because it is Aaron Kane telling. He is the one who showed us, and I don't. I you know. Sadly, I can find this out at work in three seconds, and I'll hate myself, because then I'll hear about all fucking do. <laughs> well, be sure to watch it, because it's, it's hilarious. It is it's wonderful, because it's just such an obvious edit that doesn't care about this actor whatsoever. There's nobody, they just don't care. So what you're saying, Dingus, is that we should have heard the rest of his line, right? <laughs> yes, you're but right. we don't. So, and the thing that I didn't remember, uh, I just, I didn't even remember that he started talking. I just remembered that he's going to open his mouth and talk, and then the scene ends. I didn't even remember that he got part of the line in. It That's really, even worse. So this sort of like, Kelly, what do you think about this? I uh, think. Anyway, so we're moving on. <laughs> or as I call it, Sunday night. <laughs> All right, Diggis, what is your number three pick for you should hear something, but don't? <laughs> See, Tom's making fun of your topic by not remembering which Star Trek movie. I mean, let's talk about Star Trek on the internet. Here, here's a quote from it: "Hot water burn baby." Star Trek Four. <laughs> it is. It is hot water burn baby is from Star Trek Four. What's something that you okay, should hear in Rain Man, but that you don't? So there's this uh, scene at the end of the movie where, uh, where Raymond <laughs> is cooking something in the toaster. Ah, uh, Tom knew. Hot Water Burns ba- Burn Baby is famous, Kelly Wand. No, it's not. That's not Great Big Fat Person level. Please. Hot Water Burn Baby is totally. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, uh, uh, Raymond is making something in the toaster oven, and Charlie is sleeping in another room. And uh, Raymond gets distracted by reading something, and the toaster oven starts to smoke, and the smoke alarm goes off, which causes uh, Raymond to go nuts because this sets off. Now one of his triggers for autism, and he starts smacking himself in the head. And the music swells, and Charlie runs through the house to get to him, but it's not like one of these moments where the music gets so loud you can't hear any of the vocalization. You still hear Tom Cruise yelling at him. But uh, there's this weird sort of choice of the audio where where Raymond is smacking, is just banging his head against this door, uh, which reminded me, actually, of something that I wish I would have talked about more in um, The Conjuring. It's one of my favorite moments uh, where the where the dad puts his hand in front of the daughter's head, and then that's Conjuring. Ah, exactly. that was, yeah. um, but you, do, you just don't hear any of that. You don't hear any of that. You don't hear any of the vocalization that Raymond is probably doing. You don't hear any of that because overwhelmingly you're hearing the smoke alarm and then Charlie trying to calm him down. So it's just a choice of the sound editor to totally dial down the sound of him banging his head against the wall and any vocalization that Raymond is having whatsoever. And so the the idea is that you, you would expect to hear this this character with the disability just 
screaming and wailing, and you don't hear any of the sounds he's making whatsoever. You just hear the environmental sounds and the sounds that his brother Charlie's making. Kelly Wand, how do you feel about that one? Five minutes to Wapner. (laughs) How many fish sticks, Kelly? How many fish sticks? Oh, farted. What's he say? What's his word for farting? Wapner. Wapner. (laughs) Kelly Wand, what is your number two Uh, pick for you should hear something, but don't? uh, (laughs) Dingus, do you take that from him? Certainly. He's my Vanna. I'm his Alex Trebek. I was just picturing Sulu doing a montage of lines and getting cut off, and he keeps saying them faster and faster, trying to get it in. And then generated the thing. My number two is Robert De Niro stabbing... Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. (laughs) Definitely Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro nabbing that guy in Godfather 2 who's like in the chair in Italy and you don't hear it and he just goes (laughs) he made the same noise that Wolverine makes when he I know it was on my mind but he doesn't say it till like halfway through the stab like he acts he he acts like he doesn't feel anything and you don't hear anything and then after Wolverine I mean Robert Didero has cut (laughs) inches he's all ugh and I always thought, see, that's how it would be. You wouldn't hear anything. And he would go, wait, I'm getting stabbed? Because that's what being old feels like, getting stabbed. So that's why it's my number two. What? Halfway Through the Stab is an awesome title for something. I don't know why, but I love half, Halfway Through the Stab. Yeah, use that for your first novel. Halfway Through the Stabbing, colon. <laughs> you just okay. ruined it. Thanks. I remember number ones. Uh, for number two, my pick was 2001, and Dingus's pick was 2001. So you know what that means, Kelly Wand. But uh, your your number two pick is all the space stuff. Is that yes. <laughs> do they have that right? Yep, all the space stuff from Star Trek's one and two. Because in all the space stuff, you should hear something, but don't, <laughs> including music. So your number two moment is 2001, all the space stuff. Yes, <laughs> it's great. Kelly Wan, what that means then is it's down, <laughs> to, it's down to your number one moment when you should hear something, but you don't. All the space stuff. <laughs> 2001, all the space stuff. Yeah. I don't have time to watch them all. Everyone talks about that. Can I, Computer, isolate just the space stuff from 2001. Enhance. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, this is my breaking. My number one is from the movie Testament, where the nuclear bomb doesn't go off, and also there's no TV static, so it's really quiet. Hey, Testament isn't that something with like Jane Seymour, where a nuclear bomb does go off? Jane Alexander. God, jeez, oh, I screwed them up. I which what? one? I don't know how I would I know one Jane from the Lynch. other. Isn't it Jane Lynch? Oh, don't scare me, Dingus. Uh, she frightens me. I know who she is. Someone help me. What's the difference between Jane Seymour and Jane Alexander? Jane Seymour is all. Jane Seymour is. Uh, She's a good actress. Time and uh, time after time. No. no. That's Mary Steenburgen. How dare you? I'm not um, part of this shenanigans. Somewhere in time is What's what. Christopher Reeve. Yeah, somewhere in time. Somewhere in time. Somewhere in time. But Seymour. I can't. What, what you guys are. Nothing is distinction. I'm picturing a woman, and I don't know if it's Jane Seymour or Jane Alexander. Which one I is? I always know when I'm picturing Jane Seymour, which is most of the time. 
She was in a movie called Somewhere in Time, but don't. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, Kelly, so Testament, a nuclear bomb is supposed to go off, but doesn't? What? Well, it did go off, but you never hear it, and you never see it, and they never talk about it, and you have to go, oh, it's a movie about nuclear bombs. But it's just about, you know hanging out in the it's like one of those movies like what was the thing with jason robards the last days or what was that that, that was tv miniseries the day after the, the day yeah. after right okay right but uh, one of those was a tv movie well wasn't testament like that as well no it was a theater movie oh and william devane's in it he's like the dad and it's then- no it's a, if it's a, if it's william devane and jane, jane seymour that's a tv movie are you kidding me? Neither of them has been a theatrical release in their yeah, lives. Yeah, Jane Seymour's never been in a movie. That's a good point. <laughs> William Devane hasn't. That guy's yeah, not in movies. He's a TV guy. <sighs> he's in uh, Payback. Is he in Rolling he's Thunder? He's in Family Plot. Is he yeah. in Rolling Thunder where he's yeah. a Vietnam vet who gets his arm chewed off in a garbage disposal and goes on revenge yeah. stuff? Yeah. That's a good movie. Rolling Thunder. It's a good garbage response. Oh, Dingus doesn't know about Rolling Thunder. You know what? I'm going to save that for best three by three uh, for three by three best uses of garbage disposals. Rolling Thunder, Phantasm, and the Change Up. There you go. See, I, I just got to be in a thunderstorm last week, so I'm. Oh. You actually heard Rolling Thunder. I did. No, so Dingus Rolling Thunder is William Devane as a disabled Vietnam vet who has a hook for a hand, and. <laughs> He didn't get it at Vietnam. He got it because thugs killed his family and shoved his hand in a garbage disposal. So, isn't am I getting that right, Kelly Wand? Uh, he started his. It's like his William Shatner cut his hand off because he put the hook in there. Well, Kelly Wand's not helping. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And I think with this hook hand, he goes on a revenge spree. So it's basically like Death Wish, but for people who are disabled who have a disability. That's what? not a disability. That's a hook on your hand. That's a superpower. <laughs> that's, that is, that's what Wolverine's superpower is. Good point. Like you see, Kelly behind the desk, like somebody coming up for disability. Yeah. That's not a disability. That's a hook on your hand. Man, can Rayman has a superpower too. He counts cards and makes them billionaires. <laughs> How does that get to be Rolling Thunder? How does that get to be a title after that? It's a, it's like a 70s revenge drama. They're coming up with something lurid to make people want to see it. Uh, and Thunder's lurid. When it rolls. When it rolls, it does. Yeah. My sad. number one pick, now I'm going to take the... I, I was serious about my other ones, but this one, you know, I love Dingus explaining the scene from Sunshine. And what it immediately made me think of um, is what is widely mistaken as the best car chase ever shot, even though it's not, is the French Connection. And part of what makes that car chase so awesome are these really weirdly disturbing scenes of Gene Hackman screaming at people to get out of the way, and you don't hear his voice. He's just screaming and honking the horn. You don't hear any of it. You just hear the the noise. I don't even think you hear the horn. You might hear the horn. Why? You certainly don't hear him screaming. Because he's screaming? No, because it's a state of mind. And that's one of the things that makes it such a great car chase, is it's not about the choreography of the car so much as it's about – Popeye Doyle's state of mind, and that's what the point of the French Connection is, is this one cop who loses his mind and, and eventually goes crazy and maybe shoots his partner. Um, but, but that's what – in, the, in the, the car chase, you know, he's not hearing himself scream, so we as the audience don't hear him scream either. He's just like honking the horn. He's wanting people to get out of his way. Uh, so I love those just weird shots of Hackman screaming, and there's no sound. It's just him behind the windshield screaming. 
So that's Wait, we don't hear him, so they don't hear him. So he said, "No, he's screaming, but it's not. It's about his his state of mind. The the car chase, Uh-oh. I think. You know, the quick cuts, and it's like shots of him like hitting the the brakes and the accelerator, and um, it, you know, and and so he he's not really thinking about what he's doing. He's just like acting. He's frantic. He probably can't hear himself scream, and maybe doesn't even realize he's screaming. It's like that kind of a situation." Um, so, you know, for whatever reason, William Friedkin felt, I don't need to put in the sound of Gene Hackman screaming. I'm just going to show you him screaming, and you're not going to hear it. So there, Kelly Wand. The year that movie came out, I think Jane Seymour was 19. What sound effect would you have made, Kelly? <laughs> there you Same go. Same as now. <laughs> so, that, uh, that, that's a perfect choice. That's exactly what I was looking for. Exactly. It, it, that's exactly right. Um, and unfortunately, a couple of the ones that I thought would work, I went back and watched the scenes, and the character is screaming. I just imagined they weren't. Um, so I really what, love but that what's choice. one where you thought where you thought it was like a silent scream when you went back and you're like, oh yeah, he is screaming. Uh, the the one one of the ones that I thought was this moment in Schindler's List when um, they're doing this huge pile of bodies when Hitler demands that they dig up a bunch of bodies and burn them and there's that Nazi officer screaming. I just imagined it was him just this huge silent scream while music was playing behind him but you can actually hear him yelling Uh, but in my mind it was just him screaming while you but not hearing anything just seeing this huge pile of burning bodies but I was wrong about that so there was a couple of moments where that happened where I looked up things when I was wrong about that so what you're talking about with French Connection that's really kind of the essence of it that's great so there Kelly Wand he liked it Uh, okay so it's windshield (laughs) is the state of his mind it's a silent scream. That's the state. Okay. It's, it's just this weird artistic choice not to play the audio that you expect to hear at that particular moment. And you're certainly looking at him. I mean, Hackman's yelling his, his lungs out. You can you can definitely tell, uh, but you don't get to hear any of it. Does he have his windows down? Oh, maybe it's because the windows are up. Good point, Kelly Wand. <laughs> Those old '70s muscle cars. The, the sound was really insulated. Well, also, it's a metaphor for his mental state. If the windows are up, if it's down, he's letting people in. Dingus, what is your number one pick for your topic for when you should hear something, but don't? All right, here's a quote from it. You know, I believe that true focus lies somewhere between rage and serenity. No, the Avengers. What? <laughs> it's Tony Stark talking to David Banner in the lab on the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier. Are you t- oh. I don't know, I'm just guessing. <laughs> uh, give Sorry. me a I mean, it, tell us. It's the other movie I referenced instead of The Avengers. The Hulk. The Hulk. So it's when... Um, the Hulk. <sighs> uh, X-Men Early Access. Or it is X-Men Early Access, yes. When the X-Men first started Netflix, and they wanted everybody to join it. It, it, is, it is X-Men First Class, X-Men Early Access. Damn you, Tom. Uh, and it's, it's those, that moment when, um, uh, so 
uh, Xavier is talking to Eric Langer and is telling him that he has to access his memories and he has to find his moment, his place somewhere between rage and serenity. And it's the, that moment at the end when um, Magneto is pulling the submarine out of the water. And there's just this quick cut to where you see uh, where he's obviously screaming and you can't hear it. Um, I think there's also this moment where he's just laughing with joy after he's turned that huge, enormous satellite dish thingy. But there's a couple moments with Magneto in this movie, but I'm going to choose the moment where he's lifting the submarine out of the water and you can't hear him, uh, where he's obviously just vocalizing, but you don't hear that because the filmmaker has chosen to highlight other parts of the soundscape. Kelly Wan, what would the sound of Michael Fassbender mentally lifting a submarine out of the water with his, his brain, what would that sound like? Sir, we're coming up on the Klingon. I mean, <laughs> one of those two I liked. <laughs> what? Wait a minute, what? Why'd you like the Klingons? No, I like the other one. I wanted you to oh. do another one of the uh, Wolverine waking up <laughs> sound effects. Ah. <laughs> uh. This sounded me while I'm writing it off. So. It, it sounded like a bowel movement. What the heck is over there? Yeah, before you made it sound like somebody falling down an elevator shaft, Kelly Wand. I did? <laughs> now you've made it, yeah. Because <laughs> the bowel was down. That was the Grand Canyon. I need to know. Uh, could you, uh, let's do another one. <laughs> Wait, what do you, how, how deep do you want me to go? Uh, what did she say? Now you sounded like the soldiers at the beginning of uh, the Wolverine committing Harry Carey. Oh, by the way, my audience loved that little extra scene at the end of the Wolverine. Uh, I, I hated it. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, you have got me. It was terribly me. filmed. Yeah. And it was like winky and, yeah. oh, God. It totally was totally out of sync. I had a tone with the rest of the movie. Yeah. It's not just that. It just looked horrible. Yeah. Why is he doing it in an airport? That the special effects looked horrible. Yeah, my my audience loved it though. They they uh, like clapped and uh, I was annoyed. Because yeah. you, you know it's going to be total bullshit. How he's still never mind. Because at the end of the third one, the Easter egg was like he's in that kid's body. Never mind. What, what? about it? <laughs> that was the Easter egg at the end of X Men Three, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Xavier gets killed off in that movie, but then at the end of it, he's in like a mutants thing. The kid in the Professor hospital. Xavier gets killed at the end of X Men Three. No, in the middle of it. What? Phoenix kills him. Yeah. So all I was—I th- don't remember any of that. Still all I was thinking still- of during the uh, during the little thing at the end of uh, the Wolverine, I I just kept thinking, oh, it's Gandalf. <laughs> what about the other one? No, oh, it's Captain Picard. Uh-huh, I, just, I, I just. Uh huh. I just can't help but think, but. How I thought pathetic oh, the bones look. Now wait a minute. I thought, oh, it's that guy from the Vince Vaughn movie about Google. Dingus, you probably loved that because oh, here are the other X Men. Here's the rest of the universe coming back. Yeah, coming at you. Team here's the yeah. Here's the mythology. Look, here's, audience. It's like yeah. your team, huh, audience? This is for Dingus. This is for all the Dinguses out there. Look what we got for you. Ching ching. I literally and figuratively do not want to be tossed a bone. Well, you got your bone. I hope you're happy. Yeah, that's what she said. I I hate I hate the way his stupid bone claws look. I hate that. I didn't understand any of that. Yeah, why they are? 
It doesn't make any sense if if his skeleton has been replaced. No, it's well they change. It's like they poured it over it, like epoxy or yeah, whatever. And then if you're going to cut them off, screw that. It just looks stupid. I just you know there there's no way that's not going to come back because adamantium is freaking sexy and bone claws look dumb. I mean, there's no other way around that. What do you think of that, Kelly Wand? It'll be back. Guess, do we have uh, anything from the readers about you should hear something, but you don't? We have a whopping two selections. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, people love this topic. Shit. I don't know what to say. I hope one of them's from Rhiannon McLean. It is not. What topic again, Tom? What was it? You should hear something, but you don't. Dun, dun. Uh, the first is from Paul Weimer. Oh. Hi, guys. This was a bit of a tricky one for me to come up with a list that avoids any outer space ones like Sunshine, but here goes. I predict that if I'm going to be scooped on any of these, it will be my number one. But we're going to start with number three. In the movie Highlander, after one of the beheading, there is a police debriefing scene where, from outside the interrogation room looking in, we see a witness recap the events of the fight. The way it's shot, though is that we only see him gesticulate evocatively to the police, but never hear what he or the police inside the room are actually saying. What was the movie? Highlander. It's called the movie Highlander. Highlander. How's Tom say it? Highlander? I think that's how I say it. How else would you say it? Highlander. He says Highlander. Conan, Conan. What are you doing? Is it an uh, accent? It's it's the land that's higher than the other land. It's the Highland. It's accent. Someone who's from there is, yeah. is a Highlander. The Highlander. What do you guys? What's the matter with you people? Do you not understand English? Highlander. There's Lowlanders. There's Highlanders. Oh, you already said Lowlander. <laughs> that was weird. Where are you from again? <laughs> Jk. I don't care. Where, a place where they speak English. How's that, <laughs> Kelly Wand? English. Is it really? You're supposed to say Highlander? Uh, Dingus started it. <laughs> and yes. All right. So I'll try to work on that. Say Highlander. it again. Highlander. 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 Like How are you? Sounds like you're doing. So there's a trailer for uh for a, the Nelson Mandela biopic. Do you guys think he's playing Nelson Mandela in this? Charles Nelson Mandela. Uh, Dwayne Johnson. Oh, that would be awesome, Dingus. But unfortunately, they couldn't get him, so instead they got Idris Elba. Oh, that's a shame. And uh, hearing Idris Elba do that accent is very uncomfortable. I'm not, I cannot quite, my head, why? Cannot, it's just, South African always sounds like someone who just can't do a good English accent. Sounds like you, Kelly Wan, in a synopsis trying to do an English accent. Or Australian. That's what, exactly. <laughs> it's like at those too. Or After Earth. And boy, Idris Elba, he is just tackling that, that South African accent, like you wouldn't believe, uh, tackling it. So, wait, well, he's do all these other weird accents for these other movies. He's probably forgotten his own accent. That's true. He's a Meryl Streep in that regard. After the mm-hmm. Losers, most people don't realize this, but Meryl Streep is Australian. Mm. For for what? She's uh, she's Paul Walker's mom, I think. Oh, <laughs> they are from the same town, and in, 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 they're both from Canberra. Most That's people true. don't know that. All right, so uh, Dingus, what is Paul uh, Weimer's number two pick? Paul Weimer again? What was the topic? Highlander. The topic is things you could hear, but you didn't want to hear them. <laughs> so Paul Weimer's number two is in the Warriors. 
all the members of one of the gangs, the Baseball Furies, are utterly quiet, even when getting stabbed and hit by the warriors during their rumble. Well, we know why. They're wearing mime makeup. Hello. Hello. Aren't they? Aren't they? Aren't, isn't, that, isn't that weird Furies baseball team wearing mime makeup, Kelly Wand? Makeup and play. <laughs> you do hear the beer bottles on his finger, though, during that scene. What? Isn't he wearing lawyers come out and play, and he's wearing beer bottles on his fingers? The lawyer? The uh, the weird, creepy villain dude in The Warriors. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Uh, yeah, he's, he's really good. All right, whatever. I agree with Tom. <laughs> I don't remember that part. I don't remember anything. I... Don't you remember Warriors come out and play? Isn't he have? Doesn't he have beer bottles on his fingertips? And he's clinking them You're together. The gray, and it didn't happen. It was <laughs> you wanted to see, but didn't. All right, whatever. <laughs> Fuck you, Wad. <laughs> Number one in how do you say this title? Is it fourteen oh eight? One four oh eight? How do you say the title? Oh, yeah, because it's, it's like Room fourteen oh eight. I think yeah, it's like a horror movie with John Cusack. Yeah, where the where the protagonist Enslin. John Cusack is tortured by the rising volume of the sound of a crying baby. This reaches a crescendo, and then everything, including Enslin, goes to an unnatural enforced silence. Even he can't hear himself yelling. Because you definitely should hear that. Yep. But uh, Also, uh, remarkable during the uh, trailers that I watched, there's a movie with Forrest Whitaker playing a butler for several uh, administrations in the White House, Oh John Cusack. John Cusack is Richard Nixon. Oh, what? Doing the voice and everything. Yeah, I was already freaking out before you yep. even got to him. Yep. Alan Rickman is Ronald Reagan, though. Looks pretty. Wait a minute. There's a butler in the White House. We've never seen one in any movie. <laughs> <laughs> is there a real one? Why isn't Anthony Hopkins? <laughs> it seems wrong. I think there was one in The Help, wasn't there? So wait, we had a revolution against England, so we can have a democracy with a butler and the phone. butlers aren't slaves, Kelly White. I don't know if you know the difference. The butlers yeah, were not emancipated. <laughs> they could still work. We didn't have but that was We butlers. did not abolish butlery. Yeah, we pay we pay them. <laughs> I never see people's butlers in Beverly Hills or even Orange County. You'd think it'd be ninety percent butlers. It's not. Fascinating. Who's the other one from? <laughs> uh, the other, the other uh, entry this week is from Philip Torta. Uh, Philip and... had some really good ones. Don't go, uh, Kelly Wand. No, I was thinking about Butler's. I'm Look. expecting at least one awesome one. I never. It's never about the names of the readers, but okay. it always sounds like it is. I'll be quiet. Uh, his number two is quite awesome, actually. You're, you guys are not. Dingus is reading ahead. Dingus, you cheat. Yeah, and he's critiquing right. number th- number three is terrible. Uh, tough topic. Might have broken it with my number two. Uh, I think it did fill up, but in a delightful way. Uh, Might have broken it with my number two, but it's in the national film registry, and I feel it's deserving. Number three, Antichrist. Hmm. Will oh, good lord! Yeah, I don't even. I'm gonna have to. I can't listen to this. This is gonna freak me out. All right, go ahead and plug your ears, Tom. Uh, Willem Dafoe and Charlotte Gainsbourg have sex in the shower while Lasha Chowpinga plays. I don't know how to say that. So, so, so I think it's like an opera aria thing. Right. Uh, number two. Wait, what? That's all he's going to say about that scene? That's all he says about Antichrist. Did you want to say something else? Oh, no. Supposed <laughs> to see that. Don't see that. Melancholia. See Melancholia. It's it's way more fun to see Kristen D- 
Dunst get hit by a planet than it is to see Willem Dafoe drive a spike through his dick. Uh, wait, wait, why? <laughs> One of those I enjoyed watching, the other not so much. What if the actors were transposed, but the events were the same? <laughs> Just curious, hypothetically. So the opening, the opening scene of Antichrist, actually Antichrist does have some kind of cool stuff in it. Maybe you... Kelly Wan, of all people, maybe you should see Antichrist. You're probably the only person I can think of who should maybe see it. It should say that on the box. Yeah. No one watched this but Kelly. All right. So, wait, wait, why? Or is that part of You know what? You'll see. Yeah, I'll just leave you to discover that on your own someday. So, Tom, if I were to choose to watch either Antichrist or Martyrs, which one should I watch? Oh, Martyrs. Now he says Antichrist. Oh, definitely Martyrs. Yeah, Martyrs is a legitimately good movie. Yeah. Antichrist, Antichrist is just Lars Ronnie. I actually Christ. want Dingus's review of Martyrs, but yeah. for real. Oh, good. <laughs> Guys. A new feature every week, a movie I don't want to watch that I have to review for two seconds. <laughs> no, five seconds. All right, five. Yeah. God. What's wrong with you? All right, so uh, Antichrist, never, I Antichrist. never expected to hear someone bring that up. In so you took the T out, and Dingus took the I out. He just said Antichrist, and then you said Antichrist. <laughs> it's like his aunt. Antichrist. We keep her in the attic now because of the incident with the tulips. All right. One's done <laughs> for two seconds. Was that the last one? No, no, that was his number three. I'm curious. I was to hear talking about myself. Here comes, here comes the really good one. We're, we're apparently oh, right, right, right. That breaks the list. That that breaks it? the topic. Number, <laughs> I can't be more pleased with this. Number two, what's opera doc? What? It's not, after yeah, after right. Brunhilde is revealed to be Bug Bunny in drag, the only sound, <laughs> the only sound, comes from a xylophone as his headdress rolls down the stairs. And Bugs runs away from Elmer Fudd. <sighs> Tom, you're an opera fan. How'd you oh, feel? Oh, Boonhilda, you're so lovely. First of all, not a movie. Second of all, uh, nice try, Philip Torta. I hope his number one is good. That always when, that one always freaked me out. Like it was like their Fantasia, Warner Brothers. You know, what's Opera Doc is one of the best things ever created. So I think mm-hmm. we can give a little leeway to Philip Torta. All right, fair enough. I just hope his number one pick is better. Number one, Ikuru. What? Kanji, wandering the streets after being told he has terminal cancer, is shot in tonal silence until suddenly blaring with the sounds of traffic. The heck is that movie? Ikuru. What is that? Uh, I don't know, but I, I love the idea of that sort of moment of isolation... That silent moment of isolation. I like that. Because actually, this reminds me of that moment in blindness uh, when the guy's in the car. Uh, I don't know if that's in silence, but I thought a lot of those moments, and it turns out a lot of them aren't silence. I just remember them in silence. So, uh, Phillips number one is a crow. Well, Dingus, uh, blindness was not called deafness. Ah, well done. <laughs> blindness does do some cool stuff with sound, though. Uh, Ikuru, is that a. I'm just going to be racist and just say it. Is that a Kurosawa movie? I'm just going to think of my first go-to Japanese character. I, I have no idea. I, I, huh. I have no idea. It, it sounds like something where there's like a Criterion Collection edition of it that you could probably watch. And it's probably black and white, and it's two hours and 47 minutes long. That's my theory. Oh, he's a runner-up. It's perfect. <sighs> All right, let's hear this. <sighs> runner-up, The Dark Knight. 
the scene of the Joker hanging out of the police car. Dad gummit. Dad gummit. Well, but you know what? What should you hear? Is he laughing? Is he... T- uh, well, but I don't know what you can hear because of the way sound works in that particular situation, but I love that choice. Yeah, that's a good one. Hey, uh, it would have. I would have liked to have heard them ordering lunch at the end of Dark Knight Rises, him and Anne Hathaway, and then you would have known they were alive. But since they don't hear them, you know, it's in Michael Caine's mind, because he would have gone, oh, you guys having the veal? Wait, I've had that here. But since he just stands there, it means they're dead. <laughs> She's dead, too, by the way. <laughs> she was in the Batcopter. That's my newest part of the conspiracy. You're welcome. Fantastic interpretation. As far as I'm concerned, that movie doesn't exist. Oh, Michael Caine dreamed it all. Uh, Everyone else but Michael Caine. Uh, runners up from you, gentlemen. Anything? Uh-huh. All right. Well, then, Kelly Wand, it's down to you. What is next week's 3x3? Three three? Next week's 3x3, three three, I'm worried that we've already done this one, which seems to be a, a new thing I do. So tell me. <laughs> a new thing. <laughs> it's the only thing I do every three weeks. But it comes from when we saw the Conjuring trailer, some of us, or poster, there was a really cool tree in it, and I went, oh, I want to see that movie, because that tree looks really scary, so maybe the whole movie will be that good. But guess what? It wasn't. It was boring. But it was still a cool tree, just the movie didn't live up to it. So from now on, oh, not from now on, just for one week. <laughs> <laughs> Every three by three. Every three by three has to be forever. Three best trees in movies. Huh? We haven't done that. That's a good one, Kelly Wand. All right, all right. Well, that's what I thought. I go, it's too good. We've probably done it. There's no way my dumbass would have come up with something that good, like Tom's fucking botanist fetish. <laughs> Kelly Wand, can we use a shrubbery? But don't. <laughs> uh, can, we yeah. have a, can we have a little path between them? Uh, I don't know what Dingus was getting He's at. doing Monty Python. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez, Pete. Ah, oh, Dingus. Uh, all right, so uh, trees. Um, he doesn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> trees. If you have any picks for this, send them in to us. We would love to read them on the air. At uh, email, save a tree. Three by three at quarter to three dot com. That's the number three, the letter X, the number three at, and you spell out quarter to three dot com. Uh, next week, you know what we should see next week, uh, or you guys should see next week, uh, Fruitvale Station. Jerks. What? Do you not even know what that is, Kelly Wand? Fruitvale Station? Why don't we just do that, then? (laughs) What is it? I don't know. What do you think think a movie called Fruitvale Station is about? Don't look anything up. Don't don't do it. If I was just to tell you, hey, we should see Fruitvale Station next week, just guess what that movie is about. A car chase, and then, like, a fruit cart explodes, (laughs) and we don't hear it. (laughs) I thought he was going to say organic farming. (laughs) Orgasmic farming. Uh, it actually cracked the top ten, which is good. Uh, Fruitvale Cracks. Station, Kelly Wan. Oh, it came, did? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was number ten. It made like <sighs> a, like five million or something. Tell me the um, part that would make me want to see it. Let's see. It won. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> would anything that received any sort of if it, if it received any sort of recognition, yeah, Kelly Wan? Yeah, nominees, yes, but if they win, they're out. So a lot of times what happens, Kelly Wand, at at Sundance is there's a jury appointed, and the jury tends to be like a filmmaker and a celebrity and maybe another filmmaker and and some intellectual. (laughs) Or there's like four or five people. Scout that up. One (laughs) filmmaker, one celebrity. (laughs) 
another filmmaker. Go on. Go on. In a brooch and a pterodactyl. All right. So anyway, what they'll do is they'll have the jury, and they tend to pick um, sort of more highfalutin movies. But then there's an audience award, because when you see movies at Sundance, they give you a little ballot, and you you – you pick things. And so the audience award is almost never the same thing as the jury award. Uh, so this year, last year at Sundance, the same movie won both the audience award and the jury award. Mm. Uh, and it's called Fruitvale Station. It just came out. Um, it has, I, I think, what's surely going to end up being – I mean – I You'll definitely be hearing about this when the Oscars roll around, I think. Uh, it has one of the strongest, <laughs> strongest uh, lead performances I've seen in a long time. Um, what else I to tell you about it? If I tell you like what it's about, Kelly Wan, you're not going to want to see it. Is it a coming of age story? Set of no, life? good lord, no, no. Don't tell him anything. Uh, just uh, should, do you want to talk about it? Uh, I I could. I mean, it's uh, it's it's fantastic. Um, what if I look at the poster? No. Yeah, you'll think. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I'll just tell you. So Kelly Wan, uh, I actually remembered this case more from oh. the defense. From for the guy that was involved than than anything about the victim, uh, but there was a, a shooting where some Bart officers shot a, a boy that they were a kid a kid is twenty two shot someone they were arresting in the back while he was handcuffed and on the ground. And what I remember about that case was that the officer's defense was that he thought he'd drawn his taser. Um, what? Yeah, because they have tasers and some of them also have sidearms. So uh, this, you know, this kid was shot. The, the officer was was tried for murder. I think it was bumped down to involuntary manslaughter after this defense. Uh, but anyway, this is a movie about that incident. How topical! Exactly, uh, and you can't help but think of uh, the Trayvon Martin stuff too while you're watching it. Um, Speaking of jury awards, but wait, you already said that you already gave away the ending though. Well, it opens. I mean, you know that that's what it's about. Uh, oh. uh, so the thing is, this was done on a. Wait, why would I want to see that on a rail? Pro- I know. <laughs> exactly. That's the yeah, see. Uh, well, yeah. uh, he. Uh, you know what? Let's see. This is this is going to be around for a while. I think this is going to pick up steam. It just it had a very limited release. It just opened wide this past weekend. Uh, I, I'm sure we'll be hearing more about it. Uh, maybe we can save it for a slow week or, or something. Because next week, uh, Dingus and I kind of liked. He was an actor in a movie called uh, – was it called Contraband, the Icelandic version, Dingus? Yeah. No, yes. it was uh, – no. We did Reykjavik, like that. Reykjavik oh, yeah. them. Ah, uh, yeah, very good, Dingus. So uh, the, the, the lead actor from this movie uh, called Reykjavik to Rotterdam about smuggling alcohol uh, from Iceland uh, into Iceland. Iceland. Bandit, but with Vikings. Um, <laughs> I guess, I guess my pitch. Yeah, that's a way to think of it. Uh, anyway, the lead actor who was really good in that movie, uh, he comes over here and he does the American remake. He directs the American remake himself with Mark Wahlberg, which had some kind of cool stuff in it. Uh, anyway, this next movie that he has made is called Two Guns, and he is independent of it's, – it's not a remake of anything as far as I know. So it's his next movie. It's with Denzel Washington and Mark Wahlberg. Um, and uh, let's see that next week. What do you guys think of that? Could be worse. Could be worse. We could see the Lone Ranger. Uh, see, we, we'll never know, though. We <laughs> it, might st- it might still be playing. The Lone Ranger, I don't think they ran it out of town just yet. So, Kelly Wan, see it while the scene's good. <laughs> Is that the new <laughs> That's the tagline. See it while the seeing's good. <laughs> Got it. Uh, so... 
Uh, instead, yeah, we'll see two guns. That was the original plan. Let's stick with that. We'll see that next week. We'll be Bridget. here with our, our three by three of uh, trees, trees yeah. and movies, our favorite see? trees, trees we really like, scary trees, good trees, pretty trees, whatever. Uh, we'll be doing that next week. I am Tom Chick. I have been joined by, uh, I wrote this down so I can pronounce it, Christian McCrowski. It's the Christian Morosky. And Kelly Wand. Good night. What do we do? Uh, it's a garbage song, and at the very end of the song. Yeah, hold on, I can explain this. At the very end of the song, she does this like talking stuff, and there's something about taking a, taking a yeah, Kelly Wand. There's some line about taking a bullet train to Tokyo. Oh, at the end? Yeah, at the end of the song. You know, here I'll just fast forward. Listen. Yeah. Listen. Hold on. First, she does this for a while. Don't forget what I'm doing. Yeah, that's my third favorite man song. Don't forget your mental limbs. So I'm in my head. Don't stop in the bullet train from Tokyo. Oh. Wait, what's that to do with but don't? This isn't going to end well.